May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So I read an article this week where the author wrote about how much she loved the Ash Wednesday services, but what she didn't like were the sermons. And after a long day at work, the sermons were always way too long, way too painful, and whoever was preaching didn't seem to know what they were talking about. (laughs) So in recognition that it is the end of a very long day for all of us, I'll try not to make this too long and hopefully not too painful. And I can't guarantee that I always know what I'm talking about, but I'll, I'll try and be honest at least. So today, we begin the season of Lent. It's a time when we shift our focus from the works of God in the world to considering the interior places in our spiritual life. And as we begin this journey with Jesus to Jerusalem, to the cross, and ultimately to the resurrection, Lent is a pilgrimage. It's one that we are personally, each one of us, is invited to take. And this pilgrimage is not for the casual tourist or sightseer who's armed with a camera and sunscreen, but rather it's an invitation to fully participate in God's dream for the world. Or as our presiding bishop puts it, it's an invitation to commit to participating in the Jesus movement in the world. So a number of years ago, I was invited to join a pilgrimage in Ireland with several friends here at the cathedral. And I jumped at the chance. It was Ireland, and I really like Irish whiskey. And travel. I mean, how, how fun can that be? So, and trust me, it was a lot of fun. But what I didn't understand that when I began that journey was that a pilgrimage would require, it would demand much more of me than just my presence. We lived in community and we were immersed in purposeful conversation, learning, and prayer. And on our last Sunday in Ireland, we celebrated the Eucharist in the ruins of the women's church in Glendalough. We climbed over multiple rocky walls and we walked through the sheep fields, and you really have got to watch where you're walking when you do that. And the ruined church really was the women's church. It was presided over and it was attended only by women during the Celtic period. Men could only enter upon invitation. And directly outside what would have been the great doors was a graveyard. And you could always see that graveyard from the altar. It was a graveyard of babies that had died without benefit of baptism and babies that the official church would not allow to be buried in consecrated grounds. And the babies were watched over and blessed for all of eternity by the women who graced that church. And the graves were consecrated by the presence of the thousands of women who walked through those doors then and now. And standing, for me, standing in that wreck of a building, and it was pouring rain, and hearing the words of the Eucharist, I shattered. And the walls 
that I had built to protect myself from God and from others were tumbling down. And my life was never the same and has never been the same. And so Ash Wednesday is our invitation to once again begin a pilgrimage of discovery about ourselves and where we fit into this Jesus story. And I now know that you and I do not need to leave home to take this journey. We need to turn our thoughts to the Jesus, who Jesus is in our life and what difference it makes that we follow him. The 40 days of Lent correspond with Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness, where he experienced hunger, hardship, and temptation, reminding us that these 40 days for us will not always be easy. Our lives are full of distractions. We are focused on our careers, our social lives, and the hundreds of other things that we look to for meaning in our lives. We are inundated with incidents of apathy and difference, cruelty, and violence through the news media and through social media. Do we get to the point our eyes glaze over with indifference and apathy? But today, we are invited to begin again. And we do that by confronting our own mortality, the brevity of our time here on earth, with ashes sketched on our forehead in the shape of a cross, and hearing the words, Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Reminding us that life is uncertain and transient, and we don't have time to waste. That this day, not tomorrow, not next week, or next year, but now, right now, the trumpet is blowing, calling us to return to the Lord. Ash Wednesday calls us back to the paths from which we have strayed. And in this season of Lent, we are confronted with who we have become and we are prodded to do better. It's about opening our hearts to God in the hope that this time, this time, we might become new. That the walls that we have erected to protect ourselves from God and the world will shatter and they will break and we will become fully alive and fully human. Lent dares us to live each moment as if we belong to God and take each moment and every breath that we take as a gift that it is. The prophet Joel reminds us that we are being called to return to the Lord, to return with all our heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord, your God. God is calling us, not for half-hearted acknowledgement, but a call to return to God with our whole heart, taking a path that is neither superficial or transient, but a spiritual journey that reaches deep inside, allowing us to become who we are truly meant to be. As one writer says, we need to get back in touch with our souls. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And on this day, we have the sign of the cross sketched on our foreheads, reminding us of where we came from and where we are all going. Today, 
We left our comfortable liturgy, as my friend Rebecca wrote in her Lent Reflections, where we know exactly what will happen next, and there aren't any big surprises. We took our chances and we took to the streets with our pots of ashes, wearing our cassocks and our clericals, to sketch the sign of the cross on the foreheads of people heading to work at the light rail station across the street from the cathedral, and later those going out and about during the lunchtime at the Cityscape Center on the corner of Central and Washington. We prayed with, cried, and laughed with folks who came by on bicycles or skateboards, people who stopped for the red light where we would quickly sketch the ashes on the passengers' foreheads through the window of the car. Those who are walking by on their way to work, those who live on the streets, and those who have nowhere else to go. This is the third year I have done this, and I continue to be amazed at the number of people who want and are eager to receive the ashes on their foreheads. A visible reminder, as if we need it, of our immortality. And perhaps it's part of it. Death is the great leveler. Whatever our status, rich or poor, famous or infamous, known or unknown, we are all destined to return to dust. And perhaps the other reason is, whether, whether we realize it or not, the ashes we receive remind us of our need for God and God's call to us. And for those of us who took to the streets, we are reminded that God is out there on those streets. And perhaps at times it was as surprising to us as it was to the individual who was receiving. The street corner and the light rail station became a sacred space that wasn't measured by posted worship times. And it became a community. It was a community that was not measured by attendance, the predictability, or the familiarity of your surroundings. So on this day, God leaves his fingerprints on our forehead. And if we're very still and we listen we will hear Jesus whisper in our ear, follow me. So let us accept the invitation we have been given and journey with Jesus to Jerusalem, to the foot of the cross, and to the tomb, and know absolutely that it is not the end, that it's just the beginning. Amen.